Buonasera e benvenuti all'episodio 396 di Connected, sono Federico Viticci e l'episodio di questa settimana è offerto da Fitbod, Electric e Text Expander, è il mio grandissimo <ride> piacere di presentare l'altro mio co-host di questo episodio, Steven Hackett. Ciao Steven. Hey buddy! <ride> Text Expander! <ride> That was so funny, man. I love that you did the accent for text expander. That was so good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Federico. Mm-hmm. Hey. I speak two languages, you know? So you I do. can tell. Sometimes I do that. Hi, Steven. Hey, buddy. How are you? Hi. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, and I have the pleasure to be joined by Mike Hurley. Hello, mate. <laughs> it's, it's my other language, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you can't really do that anymore, you know? You, you really lost that accent, man. You can't tell me. Listen to you. I mean, I, fair. 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 Don't, don't, yes. don't your Italian friends laugh at you? Surely they do, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's really become a problem now where I, I, I am actually losing the ability to come up with certain words in Italian. And really, it's come up a lot... Um, lately when i'm sending messages because i I, i'm realizing thanks to silvia who actually notices these things that the way i structure sentences in italian is wrong because i'm structuring them in english yep so i sound like an idiot now in italian oh that's that's pretty bad that's my problem now (laughs) 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 You're, you're really stuck now in the middle So we have some follow-up, yes. Our buddy Quinn Nelson has a video up about the Apple self-service repair program where he went through the process of what you can order, how you order it. He talked about the website being weird. Uh, Something that I didn't know because I actually didn't complete a parts order. But to do that, you have to find a code that's like typed into the repair manual to prove that you read the manual or at least know how search works before you order the parts you need. That's intriguing. It's like a escape room for parts ordering or something. I, yeah. I, I guess they want you to know what you're getting into before you order all this stuff and then you feel like you can't do it. But what a weird way to do it. I guess my expectation for that is legally they have to get like a consent from you that you've read it, right? Like before you blow your house up or something mm-hmm. from a thermal event. Um, somebody, by the way, I, I don't want to uh, like out this person because I, did, I didn't ask. I had somebody message me who worked at an Apple store who put together a playlist of songs all about fire that they could play during the 30-minute breaks from all of the thermal events that would get caused at the Genius Bar. <laughs> So it's just, it was like 40 songs all with some kind of fire element to them. And they, they stared it with me in the, uh, the, the icon, like the image of the playlist was an Apple store with smoke coming out of it, like an actual one. I don't know what that was from. Uh, but yeah, they would, they would just play this in the back while they were waiting the 30 minutes for the sand to do its job. So anyway, uh, my expectation is that like from a legal perspective, they need, They need to get it to a point where in court there's nothing you can do. Like if you went and found the the code, like you've you've done all the work, right? Like as the person that like Apple has no like you have no legal recourse against them 
at that point would be my mm-hmm. expectation, right? Like they're just trying to 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 cover their butts. Uh, Quinn did also post a tweet that he b- completed a repair on a device, and he's making a video about that, which I'm really excited to see. It's uh, it's in good hands with him. He really knows what he's doing. He, he I had mentioned I think last time I was like I think he did a repair thing. He he talked about that in the video as well that he was a a big iPhone repair boy for a while there. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about these wild USB-C cables. Uh, Federico is our oh. resident USB-C expert. What is going on with these? So the we, we heard about these new cables last year, and I guess they are official now because this new this company is the first one to actually put out uh, you know actual specs for the first 240 watt USB-C cables. So this will start appearing in the near future, I guess. This is the first company that I put out uh, some details. They're called. Uh, what are they called? Club 3D. Yeah, this uh, this manuf- It's a Dutch manufacturer of USB-C cables. So the idea is you're gonna get these cables uh, soon enough in the near future. They're gonna charge your devices super fast at 240 watts. Now, none of this matters right now because there are no devices on the market that support uh, 240-watt charging via USB-C. But the idea is that in the future, this may be suitable for gaming laptops. You know, gaming laptops, they usually come with these giant charging bricks uh, because mm. those gaming laptops, you know, you get, you get like the, the laptop version of, I don't know, you get an Asus or, or a Dell or um, uh, what's it called, the other one, the Alienware one. Uh, anyway, you get one of those laptops that have a 30 inside for example and they run super hot and they also require a ton of power um so the idea is with these cables, you may not need to have the giant uh, separate charging bricks for those laptops. You can get just this kind of cable that charges your laptop super fast. Now, um, no existing devices can use these cables yet. No <laughs> smartphone, no laptop, no computer, nothing. But the theoretical potential is there. Now, this company specifically uh, is going to put out, and this is where you know the, the, the complications arise, of course, USB being USB, it's going to get complicated because this company alone, so this first company has already announced three versions of this cable. Awesome. My understanding is that all of them, they charge at up to 240 watts. However, only one, the shortest cable, the one meter cable, can do 8K, 60 frames per second video, uh, 40 gigabit per second uh, data transfer, and 240 watt charging. But there's also a two meter version, so a longer version, that, however, cuts off at half the data rate. So it cuts off at 20 gigabit per second uh, transfer rate, but still 240 watt. And then there's the weird one, another two meter cable with USB 2 speeds. <laughs> so like four, <laughs> four, <laughs> Why? 400, 480 <laughs> megabit per second or something, I don't know. That one's just a prank. This one is just... It's just a prank, this one, I feel like. Or, I mean, I guess if the if the other ones are expensive, this will be like the, I'm putting giant air quotes around it, cheap one. Like, if you just want a power cable and you don't... If you just... I think that's the idea, right? If you just want a power cable, you don't need to put the extra stuff in it, so you make the cable cheaper, but well, still support the super fast okay, charging. Okay, so it does 4K 60. So I guess you could 60. also... No, the one with the 20 gigabits per second does yeah. 4K 60. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I guess it's that like that one is just for I don't know power or more simple monitors or whatever, right? Because you I could, I would say yeah. that eight K is maybe a bit much, you know. Um, hmm. The thing is, the USB uh, implementers forum, the USB consortium, is going to, of course, allow manufacturers to mix and match specs for the upcoming USB. I think this is called. This what is, is going wrong to be called, with these people? This is the USB four standard, I think, and they're going to allow you know manufacturers to meet, mix and match different specs, like Club 3D have done. But potentially good news. This time they have official labels and stickers that they will put out on and logos that they will put on cables. So there's like an official graphic for 240 watt cable, 240 watt charging brick, uh, 40 gigabit per second data. They have like these little cute stickers now. And uh, maybe that's going to fix everything. Maybe not because I am sure... I like I would wager lots of money right now that they will change the standard at least twice uh, over the next uh, two years, as it happened before with USB three, then USB three point one, then USB three point two. So it's gonna happen again. But long story short, this uh, super fast charging is coming, and maybe in a couple of years you can buy a gaming laptop that doesn't require a separate giant brick anymore. And you can use it and charge it at the same time, maybe. You know? Maybe. Maybe. You can if play Elden Ring and mm -hmm. can play GTA 6 and charge and play at the same time. <laughs> Steven's favorite. <laughs> Steven's favorite. We all know. He's <laughs> waiting for that one. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a t-shirt on sale. Congratulations. I would like people to go check it out. So can you explain it to me? Oh, it's about the Lisa. Yes. Uh, local integrated software. Architecture. Oh, I just got it. I'm sorry. I didn't know this until I saw the t-shirt. I didn't, I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing. Like the blah, 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 whatever you'd call it. Local integrated software architecture. Mm -hmm. That's a backronym, right? Oh, for sure. Because, yeah. uh, you know, it was really named after his daughter, uh, but it took him um, years to apparently admit that, which is terrible. Uh but yeah, so this is, uh, it's honoring the Lisa. So it's got some line art of Lisa. It's on like, it, the shirt does not have a pocket, but it's printed like on like where like the chest pocket would be. It comes in a couple different colors. I'm a big fan of the black forest tri-blend, like the black and green. I think it looks really nice. I kind of wanted like um early 80s vibe a little bit. So mm. uh, I did that without being sort of obnoxious with the colors. And I'm, I'm really pleased with how it's come out. What I like about this t-shirt because Stephen was sending this to me, I, I heavily encouraged him to do this. So please buy it because otherwise this is partly my fault. What I like about this t-shirt is it looks like the shirt you would have been given if you worked on the project, right? Like if you made the Lisa, they would have given you one of these. So mm -hmm. pretend like you made the Lisa and buy this t-shirt. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there'll be a link, a link in the show notes. And um, in my post on 512 about it, uh, I talked a little bit more about the name and, how it, it basically came out like years later, like I think in uh, Lisa's book, like a story about being with her dad. And I want to say it was Bono, some musician. And he was like, so the computer was named after her, right? And he he admitted it. Um, but yeah, they sort of had a backwards engineer, uh, local integrated software architecture. Another example from uh, the time period was let's invent some acronym 
Lisa, which is very good. Oh, wow. That's a bad burn, right? Like, that's that's rough. It's pretty awesome. That's rough. Mm -hmm. Also, local integrated software architecture sounds like it could be a connected title. A little bit. We have that yeah. history, right, of the four word titles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, they're for sale through May 12th. So uh, I'd love if you'd go check it out. I'm really proud of it. Did you both buy a shirt? Yeah, I bought the green one. I'm buying it right now. Thank there you. you. I bought the green mm -hmm. one. So, so get off our case. Jeez. I'm not sure about the color myself, actually. I don't think green is a good color on me. Hmm. I think you'd look good in the red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Can so, too. Can you imagine too. if he's like, I hate red? <laughs> or orange. I think orange is also a good color. I, it was, I wanted the orange, too, but I ended up going with green. Uh, although the red one speaks to me. Yeah, I'm going with the red one. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Done. Do you go tri-blend or cotton, Federico? Tri-blend, always. Mm -hmm. Always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a tri-blend Cortex shirt right now. I'm wearing the Tiny Heads tee today. <laughs> Seriously, I am, yeah. I wear it a lot when we record the show. Do you? Yeah, just as like a haha -ha to all the listeners who tell me they want one but didn't buy one in the first place, so they're never going to get it. This episode of Connected is made possible by FitBod. Between balancing work, family, and everything else that we all have going on, it can be hard to make fitness a priority. What you need is a program that works with you, not against you, and that's why you need FitBod. FitBot is this awesome app, and it uses uh, algorithms and intelligence to learn about you, your goals, and your training ability. And it takes all that, and that information, by the way, changes over time as you grow in your fitness program. And so they craft personalized exercise plans unique to you. That makes it incredibly easy to learn exactly how to perform each exercise because they have these HD video tutorials. So you can see somebody doing the exercise that you're getting ready to do. Most of them have more than one angle even, so you can really make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to uh, to perform the exercise safely. Personal fitness isn't about competing with other people. You don't want to look to others and try to stack up against them or do what they do. What you need is something that works for you, and that's when it really sticks. That's when you start seeing the results you're looking for. So FitBod uses that data to create and adjust your dynamic fitness plan. You have instant access to your own personalized routine in the app so you can make progress on your goals from anywhere. I've been using FitBot a whole lot this year, and I've been super happy with it. So the way the algorithm stuff works is it lays out your uh, routine for the day, and it knows your previous exercises. So if you did like shoulders and back yesterday or two days ago, it's going to let you recover those. And maybe you're going to do lower body stuff today. And you can change all that. You can tell it what equipment you have. And if you buy a new piece of equipment, you add it to FitBot and it can start to incorporate that in your workouts. It's all really, really cool. Everyone's fitness path is different, which is why FitBot does all of that work to customize things exactly to suit you. They make sure to learn from your last workout so your next one will be even better, whether you work out twice a day or twice a week. The app is so simple to use. It has this awesome, fantastic new design, and it integrates with the Apple Watch, Wear OS smartwatches, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive, but FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbod.me slash connected. So go there now and get your customized fitness plan. 
FitBod, F-I-T-B-O-D, FitBod.me slash connected, and you'll get 25% off your membership. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of the show and Relay FM. Apple has released more details about their in-person portion of WWDC this year. Hmm. Uh, so this is coming from uh, Apple's website. I'm struggling right now because Safari's crashing on me. Can I just take a quick aside and just talk about like Safari's on the Mac is driving me mad again. Please. Like, yes. It just, Go. every day, Go like it. I have this, where like all of a sudden Safari is just beach balling on me right now. All I did was open a tab. Like, I don't know, <laughs> what do you want from me, you know? Or like I have this thing where, I don't know if anybody else has this. I, I open a tab and I type something in, right? Like, you know, you use like the search. I press enter. It loads the, <laughs> it loads the content, closes the tab. It does this to me multiple times a day. I don't know why. So like I say like, I want to search for like Federico Vitici and I press enter and it opens the Google search and it immediately closes the tab. Hmm. Uh, this happens to me all the time. Does this happen to you too? This is only on the Mac this happens to me. No, I've never seen that. So do you two use tab groups? No. No, never. Okay, I use tab groups and I reckon this is part of the problem. I use tab groups a lot and I think something's freaking out in there because of that. It's very frustrating to me. My, I have to fourth quit Safari now. So... Uh, we just just give me one second, all right? I'm getting there. I'm I'm trying my best, you know. But this is nothing to do with this me. Is this is great all, content. I love it. This, I'm I'm vamping. All right. So now I'm gonna open the link again. Okay. We're hosting a special. Nope. This we already got that part. Uh, this is the eligibility, right? So attending this event is free and open to members of the Apple Developer Program and Apple Developer Enterprise Program. Invitations will be allocated through a random selection process and are non-transferable. Submit your request on May 9th uh, to May 11th, and you'll be notified of your status on May 12th. That's what they're going for. Okay. This celebration marks the start of an inspiring week of sessions, labs, and lounges all online and with more activities than ever. I mean, I think this is basically what we expected. Random selection process. I would put random in, again, air quotes. I'm sure they yeah, are. will be an element random. of it. I'm There'll sure. be an element of randomness for, for some seats. <laughs> some seats, <laughs> I'm sure, will be selected. You know, it closes the same day, or you can be notified the same day as the final day of ordering a 512 t-shirt. So Apple and I coordinated on this. Clearly. Oh, really? They're doing it in honor of 512 Day. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was pretty cool of them. Gather with others in the developer community to watch the keynote and the State of the Union videos alongside Apple engineers and experts. Explore the all-new developer center and so much more. What's the developer center? I said this and Stephen said, hey, that's the website. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Sit down and explore a website. <laughs> but I felt like, oh, okay, maybe they have like a new update for the developer center, you know? Now, it turns out it's also a building. So this first came up, of all places, in the Apple Ep Epic lawsuit. Uh, I guess Phil Schiller was talking about what they do for developers, and he mentioned that there was going to be a dedicated developer center somewhere at Apple Park. And that's basically all we know, is that there's going to be a place where, I guess, developers and Apple can interface somehow. And uh, apparently it's it's ready or will be ready. People will be able to see it, probably tour it while uh, while out there. If you're selected in this uh, in this drawing to go to the event, I don't know what this building means moving forward. Like, is it going to be a thing where you can like make an appointment and maybe Apple lets you come out and work on something with them? Like, who who knows? I'm very curious what it what it entails. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, mm -hmm. what do you like? Is it like the visitor center, but just a dev a developer version? 
You know, like it's very strange. Is it gonna be like one of those? It's gonna be like one of those schools that they have. Like, there's one in Italy. You know what I'm talking about? Like the developer academies. What are they called? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think they have one in India too. Yeah, yeah. It's one in Naples for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and James points out it'll probably be in a nice isolated place, so you can bring developers in without having any security issues. Uh, you know, maybe this is something where if there's like minor announcements throughout the year, maybe Apple even does them from here, you know, for select developer partners. If they're, you know, bringing somebody in, like Apple loves to do this, especially if there's like a big like technology shift in software or sometimes they do it with hardware too. Of Like, oh, we invited EA in and they got their game up and running on this in just six days. And, you know, maybe that sort of thing will happen here too because it's sort of, isolated and controlled like james said it's not just wandering around the ring sounds like a great thing to have if you're going to be having like a mixed reality headset you know Mm. you want people to come and try out their apps on a mixed Mm. reality headset like i always think back to with this kind of stuff the apple watch remember when they had developers go um to infinite loop and like try their apps on the apple watch do you remember that oh yeah kind of yeah, so like they had like a time period before from when it was announced before it came out where select developers could apply and go to uh, Apple's, I think it was Infinite Loop then, and you would get time with Apple over a few-day period and you could run your apps on their test hardware for the watch. So this is the kind of thing I expect that they'll do. Uh, going back to the um, developer-focused event, they have like a health and safety section. They want proof of negative COVID test within three days. Masks are encouraged and they have nothing on vaccination proof uh, required for the event. And are saying they will provide details on the latest requirements to attendees prior to the event. I'm assuming if things change. That's less stringent than I thought it would be. Well, I actually think this matches what they're asking from their employees. Because Apple does not have a vaccine mandate, they never have. Yeah, and they say that that they'll provide more details. So I would imagine if the if the situation with COVID changes drastically in California, you know they they are they are holding you know back a little bit, saying hey, you know we can change these rules if we feel like they need to, or if they're mandated to somehow. Yeah, yeah, and we don't know if it's inside or outside. They haven't said anything about that kind of stuff yet. Um, I just always naturally assumed that they would be performing like lateral flow tests, like the antigen tests on anybody going in, but maybe they will, maybe they won't. It's their choice, right? People know, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you are uncomfortable with that, uh, don't apply. I mean, it says (laughs) you you have to provide (laughs) proof no more than three days before. I don't think they're going to be doing tests there. I think you've got to show up with that in your hand or you Well, yeah, but you could do both, right? Maybe. You could still do both. So yeah, I mean, th- my biggest takeaway this like yeah, it's about what we expected. May twelfth is like three weeks or something, three and a half weeks before the event. So if you're going, it's a pretty short time to plan something. But I guess yeah, it doesn't seem like that they. Well, at least they haven't said that they're restricting it. Like they're not saying it's U.S. only or whatever, right? No. So no. But yeah, like if you, at least at least they are saying like this is the date you will be told. That's right? good. Like. I like that. I think that's a really good system to be like, if you know, you will be told by this time, like May 12, 6 p.m. Pacific, like that's it. You know, I guess one way or another, right? You gonna throw your name in the ring? 
for this, no, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. No, I did say I would apply for a WWC pass. This ain't it, right? <laughs> like, this is not a <laughs> WWC pass. I'm not. I'm not gonna put my name in for this. No. You sure you don't want to see the developer center be taken there, never to be seen again? I, I want to see it. I I would like to go and see it all, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put my name in for this. Like, I mean, it's gonna look like just everything else their architecture looks like now right it's it's i like it you know i like to, you love to see it listener caleb is unhappy with my flexi title who chose it i thought the discord did and i just Probably. adopted it mm -hmm. so caleb wrote in each time you read the bill of rookies there seems to be a noticeable disdain in your voice for the title attorney <laughs> general flexi as a former U.S. history teacher, Caleb writes, I thought I would dig in a bit to our government via Wikipedia and see if there are any better possible titles I could suggest. So there's about a dozen in here. Chief Flexi of the United States. Ambassador <laughs> Flexordinary. What is that? Ambassador Extraordinary, I think, is a, okay. is a term. And he's made it flex. If you were going to do that, I would prefer Ambassador Flexordinary. Yeah, me too. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, speaker of the yeah. Flexies, Secretary of Flexies, uh, Flex Majority Leader, Flex Majority Whip. This <laughs> <laughs> isn't as dirty as it sounds. <laughs> no, I prefer Flex Majority Leader. Like, that's just very good. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Flexies. Okay. <laughs> Under Secretary of Flexies. Uh, he wrote Command... Commandant, maybe commander of the that's flexies. That's commandant, right? Isn't that Com commandant? Oh, that's what commandant. it is. Yeah, I didn't read it. Okay. Fancy enough. Commandant. Okay. And then flex master general. AG Flexi is the best. Just yes. is, in my opinion. It's Attorney general flex is still the best one. However, speaker of the flexies mm -hmm. is also true for you. Yeah. Yeah. You are the speaker of the flexies. But the problem is, you are the speaker of the Rickies always. Like right. always mm -hmm. as the rule reader so I feel like that is just an honorary title bestowed upon you irrespective of any win or, yeah. win or loss yeah I feel like that one doesn't work for that that reason that's like a, a you know a state of being really yeah which is you you are that being yes yes these are all really good they are good uh, but I would miss AG Flexi too much I think I would too I I really do like chairman of the joint chiefs of Flexies Right, but that makes it feel like... Oh, it's got chairman in it too. Oh, well, then you can't do it. Yeah. Well, but that also makes it sound like you're our bosses or something, which I don't like. Kate says that I've slandered the Discord. They did not come up with Attorney General Flexi. Okay, was it you then? I guess maybe so. Right, if it was you, then you can't change this. Yeah. You chose it, you know? Well, he's known to be a flip-flopper, though. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Flexi flip-flop. So. <laughs> Flexi flip flop. Uh -huh. You can change to that if you like. FFF. Flexi mm -hmm. flip flop. <laughs> These are all good, uh, but I think I'm going to stay put. I feel like Attorney General Flexi, you know, has the momentum behind it. It also, I don't know, because like a good 80s vibe, like AC Slater, you like AG Flexi, you know, I like yeah, that exactly. too. AG Flexi. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it also reminds me, it also reminds me of those TV shows like NCIS or, you know, what's the other one? Mm -hmm. Like uh, CSI, you know, let's talk to the Attorney General. I don't know. It just yes. feels uh, it's perfect. very, very American, you know? Get the Attorney General on the phone. Crimes. <laughs> Crimes have happened. <laughs> 
Crimes of passion. Yeah. So thank you, Caleb. I appreciate you looking out for me and for our government. But um, I think I have to pass on the suggestions. Our government? The three of us? I mean, Caleb and I shared government. Uh. I'm assuming he's American as he taught U.S. history. I mean... So? I don't think U.S. Be, history is being be. taught in other countries. Can be can, cannot be a Frenchman teaching U.S. history? Why not? This episode of Connected is also made possible by Electric. When leading your small business, it's not all glamour. In fact, sometimes it's a matter of spending hours trying to find that laptop lost in the mail for a new hire or dealing with some other technical emergency. Which you're well equipped to deal with, but maybe you just don't have time anymore. The team over at Electric know small businesses, maybe like yours, then they face these challenges. That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. So instead of spending time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can focus on building your empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. Delegation is so critical in a small business. It's really hard to do. I get it. Mike and I have had to do a lot of it at Relay over the years. Something I was doing in the beginning may just not make sense for me to do anymore. And having a team like the folks at Electric to take this over for you uh, is a huge win. For connected listeners, they are offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash connected. That's electric.ai slash connected. Go there now for your free pair of Beat Solo 3 headphones for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of the show and Relay FM. So I was on uh, one of my favorite web blogs, 512pixels.net, to yesterday, and found He's out... He's got a t-shirt for sale. That, yeah, it's, it's all right. And I <laughs> and, and found out that 1Password8 for Mac had been released to the public. I feel like I'd forgotten about this for a long time because I wasn't using the beta. Because I, I don't, I don't know why. I know you two both were. I would not use uh, a beta of my password manager. That that freaks me out a little bit as a thought. Um, I don't want things like that going wrong. Um, and I just wanted to ask the two of you a little bit, like what your experiences of One Password Eight have been so far. Pretty f- just fine. I actually really like it. Um, okay. I, I love the new system-wide um, thing with the with the audio fill, with the command shift. Uh, what's it? Space, uh, the f- like that that floating like u- universal search thing. That I actually really like. I love the design. It really works for me. Yeah, Stephen, what do you like? Yeah, the, the design is nice. I think the universal auto fill like is one of the best features in One Password Eight. So to fill, to flesh that a little bit. Basically, it puts one password at the OS level. So say you're trying to sign into Zoom, you can invoke one password and they're doing a bunch of stuff in the background to like know what applications in the foreground and it can bring up, oh, these are your Zoom logins and you can autofill it from Hmm. anywhere. It used to be that was just like trapped in your browser. Now it's across a bunch of different apps on the Mac and uh, that's that's pretty awesome. So this isn't like officially supported like it is on ios right mac os doesn't have a a mechanism as as long as far as i'm aware for third parties to do this on the mac and so they've kind of worked through like the accessibility angle 
to understand what's on the screen, to figure out where the fields are, and to fill it. It's it's clever. I wish Apple had a more like um, sustainable way for that to happen, and maybe they will. <laughs> but. Yeah, it, this is what makes me love like this sort of like they put all this work in, and then in like six weeks' time, Apple's like, "Hey, we've brought this feature to the Mac." But maybe not, though. I don't know. Maybe Definitely not. possible, you know. But they've they're going to have users, I guess, on Monterey for a while. So even if Apple offered it, they, it I'm sure they wouldn't mind having it there for older older OSs. And this also might exist. I don't know, but maybe this will exist on Windows too, right? For um for one password. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a little bit confused by this universal autofill thing at first because I thought that they like sacrificed the menu bar app like one password mini for it um because now by default when you click the menu bar thing you just get two options one is to open one password and one is to open the universal search thing which i thought was a not great move like i didn't that was just like breaking how i use it but you can change in settings to like when you click that it opens the universal search thing which I only do this just so like I, I can get used to the new behavior of a keyboard shortcut. But I was very used to like just going up there and clicking the menu bar too. So oh, I'm happy that it, that it has that. It's just like it's just how I've used it for years, right? Like I've just gone up there and and clicked. It. Interesting. <laughs> Why is this happening to me right now? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so never mind. Um, the Safari extension doesn't follow the theme color of, of macOS. This is very upsetting to me. I'm sure it's a bug. They'll they'll work out. Well, I mean, now it's it's their colors, so I don't think it's a bug. Oh, that's no good. They, they've branded it. It's now a little one-password icon with the silver and the blue. Do you not use the extension? I use Chrome. Oh, yes. Of course you do. Oh, and I never use and I never use dark mode on my Mac, so that's why I didn't notice. The yeah, there's that too. <laughs> Wait, what's dark mode got to do? What's with it, though? dark mode got to do? Oh, you did. Oh, that. you didn't mean you meant the appearance color, not the light or dark mode. Yeah, like I have the little like minor yellow, right? Because it matches my Mac. Oh, uh, yeah. System I actually control. set mine to purple too. Uh, and it, yeah, I didn't notice that. So now I've got the little, like everything else is yellow up there except one password. And I'm like, come on, one password. Right, you know? right. Well, it's it's the one password blue though. Like it's the branding, no? But I don't, yeah. I mean, yeah, mm. yes. But everything else that I have follows the theme color as a system, you know? So I just I would just prefer if they did it that way, but they haven't, so whatever. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously there was so much hullabaloo, right, about the um, electron stuff. Is that a thing? Like, what is is the, is the hullabaloo? Was the hullabaloo worth it? Is is my question. Let me. I should disclose they are a ongoing sponsor at Mac Power Users. So there's that. I think and we've talked about this on the show. I think that uh, the argument about electron on the Mac is. Kind of, kind of dumb. I think it's really an argument about how those apps are implemented. Yes. One password. Yeah. Like you, I mean, a discerning Mac user is going to know there's something different about it, but it mostly looks and works the way that you would expect. And that wasn't true in the early betas. This, we should say, one password eight on the Mac has been in beta since the fall, I think. It's been a long time. A long time. And they spent a lot of that time, rightfully so fixing a bunch of those weird UI things. You can tell, but I don't think it's a big deal because it continues to work the way that it did. Uh, you know, you can, like you said, you can even revert the menu bar item 
back to the old, uh, the old method if that's what you want. You can still use it in your browsers. I mean, and 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 talking with them and reading through their stuff, like if if all you do is like basically just use it to create passwords and save passwords in your browser, you probably don't even see the app all that often. I mean, the app looks better. <laughs> It's it a, does look yeah, better. <laughs> you know, so, like, I know that it fundamentally bothers people, but it looks nicer than it did before. So, I, you know, I don't really know what to say. It's just, who cares? Like, this thing about, like, oh, it's election. Who cares? Like, the only people who care about this stuff. Well, people care. No, but, but why? Like, does it do what you want it to do? Great. Does it not? Don't use it. There's no need to start a war about all these things. Like, who cares? Like, move on and try something else. Like, not, not everything needs to be, like, this crusade against progress. Like whatever the the world is full of other apps, use something else. We don't well, the care about one, your right. You can you, you can, can use, use the system the, one, which yeah. I think will get promoted to like a fuller app. <laughs> Suppose it just being a preference pain sooner rather than later. Now there's a big debate. Like no, I don't care about the debate. Use another password manager. You know, like I mean, it it looks nicer. It works better. Great for me. You don't like it? Good for you. Try something else. Done. I've tried those other ones, and I still think 1Password is the best solution out there. I think it's better than the system stuff because it can do a lot more, including it now has support for creating and using uh, SSH keys, which is really cool. Um, there are some other things, though, that people are unhappy with. I agree with Federico the Electron thing. It's not a big deal to me. They've gotten rid of local vaults, which they said this was going to be the case a long time ago. And what that mm. means is, so in the past, you've been able to just use one password if you just had it like on your mac you could just have it um have those credentials like just on your computer right not syncing to a one password server anywhere you could also sync those through dropbox i think that had icloud support as well but now they've moved completely to the subscri subscription model of you have to use one password eight with a one password account whether it's a personal account a family account like mary and i have or a business account like Mike, you and I have. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's no big deal at all. I was already paying for family and teams because I got benefit from that. I haven't used a local vault in years. And honestly, like I trust one password to do that correctly. I know some people want to sync it to Dropbox or want to sync it to iCloud. I understand that. Uh, but from my perspective, I'm fine with it. And if there is ever an app that I want to pay on a regular basis for it to continue to get better and for them to stay on top of their stuff is my password manager, right? Um, because they can, with that, continue to do what they do. And even a company like 1Password, which has taken a lot of funding, yet something else people are mad about about them, um, I'm still fine. You know, I pay it yearly. I just paid my family's one like a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I mean, this is the way it's been this is the way it was always going to go. And they announced it a long time ago. And again, if that doesn't work for you, there are other solutions, including Apple's own that uses iCloud. But for me, I want and need the features that those plans give me. So like at work, Mike uh, and I have, we have a vault that we share. We have a vault that we share with some of our contractors. And then I have my own personal vault that you can't see, but it's in my relay account, right? It's my work stuff yeah, there. Me too. Mm -hmm. Same thing, it were secrets, you know, just to keep between me and my computer. <laughs> Same thing at home. I've got a uh -huh. vault. Mary has a vault. We have a combined one. 
that is critical to how I like work with people I work with and how Mary and I share login information. So I'm totally fine continuing to pay that. Uh, I was, I do understand that one a little bit more, like because I can imagine that there are maybe I mean there I'm sure there are some customers who not necessarily just don't want a subscription service, but just don't ever want to sync this stuff in the cloud. Like I think that that's a valid thing, like to just be like I don't want it ever syncing. I just want it to live on my computer only. Um, and I guess one password seven is still available to you. Um, but yeah. it won't be. I mean, and I, I do say, I, I understand why that could frustrate people, um, but ultimately, uh, one password is allowed to make its own decisions as a company, right? Yeah. And this is the way that they want to go to, I was going to say to be sustainable, but that, I don't think that's the case anymore. It's not about sustainability for subscriptions now for a venture-backed company. It's about recurring revenue so that they can continue to be profitable and valuable. Yeah. And I get that. I totally do. Mm-hmm. The sort of the the last thing uh, it came up in the Discord. There is a open test flight for One Password Eight for iOS, and uh, it brings a lot of this look and feel to the iPhone and iPad. I've only used it a little bit, so I think we'll cover that once it actually comes out. I don't know when that is. Maybe but probably later this year. Yeah, Swift UI, right? It's all written in Swift UI. Uh, I I have read that. I'm not positive it, it it updates the ios app to look and feel more like the uh the the mac app and i think their goal with moving to electron and uses rust as their back-end stuff is to keep one password updated more frequently and more evenly across all these platforms right so if you hmm. if you ever use one password on windows like no offense to the people at one password to work on the windows app uh it's not great like the mac version was way better and now with this all of their customers will experience a similar workflow, look and feel, you know, feature set across all the platforms. And that's important because they are serving people in all sorts of different markets now, not just us fancy Mac people anymore. It is Swift UI and Rust. Okay. Is the uh, current version of the iOS app. Rust is a multi-paradigm general purpose programming language. I would hate it if my vault was filled with Rust because then it wouldn't open and I wouldn't become a passwords anymore. Yeah, maybe that's what happens. Like, the, maybe the old app was built on metal, and now it's been replaced with rust. <laughs> so, one password eight. If you're using seven, go check it out. I, I've been impressed with it. Um, yeah, I ran the beta a long time. I definitely had that thought, Mike, that you mentioned. Like, maybe I don't want my passwords in a beta, but it's it was solid in the beta, and the the release can the release version is is good too. Yeah, it just for me, it just kind of felt like something I wasn't excited enough that I felt like I needed to check out before they were ready to say it's done. Yeah, totally. You know, like I was just fine with like just just waiting, and then I mean, as soon as it came out, I was like, great, I want to go get it because I think visually it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell you right now, I will just I will just say this again. Maybe I'm not discerning enough, but if there wasn't that whole hullabaloo, I would never have known that it wasn't native. Like I never would have known that it had anything electron to it. I would just I would not have been able to guess. This episode of Connected is made possible by our friends at Text Expander. Get your team communicating faster so they can focus on what's most important. With Text Expander, your team's knowledge is at their fingertips. Get your whole team on the same page by getting information out of silos and into the hands of everyone that needs to use it. You can share your team's knowledge across departments, so your team is sending a unified message to your customers and isn't spending time reinventing the wheel. So here's how it works. 
First, you store it. Keep your company's most used emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, and more right within TextExpander. Then you share it. Get your whole team access to the content they need to use every day. Organize it by department and finally expand it. Deploy the content you need with just a few keystrokes on any device across any apps that you use. It's that easy. TextExpander works on the Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. So you don't have to like use a special ticketing system when you're dealing with customer support. TextExpander works across all of that stuff. And it's fantastic making sure that everyone is using up-to-date language and up-to-date like URLs. That's a big thing that I do with it is I have a bunch of URLs that I need to send to people on a regular basis. Maybe I'm doing membership support. Maybe I'm answering questions from a listener or a host. I have over the years built up this collection of snippets to help not only make that go faster, but what I'm more interested in is making sure that it's correct and accurate, that I'm sending the right URL to the right person. And TechExpander makes it really easy to do. It syncs across all my stuff. It's fantastic. As a listener of Connected, you can get 20% off your first year. Visit TextExpander.com slash Connected to learn more about TextExpander. That's TextExpander.com slash Connected. There's a link in the show notes. Our thanks to TextExpander for the support of the show and Relay FM. So as we mentioned earlier in the show, WWDC is coming. And I thought something that we could do is at this point, as we we're about to say goodbye to all of our knowledge of current iOS versions, is to refresh ourselves uh, a little bit on, I said iOS, but I meant just OS, to take some time over the next few weeks. I kind of wanted to look at each version um, and how it's kind of fared over the last year and maybe use it as a stage to talk briefly about maybe some stuff that we are looking for or hoping for uh, without too much pontificating so we don't spoil the rickies. So I went through Apple's iOS 15 page and pulled in some of the biggest features and I thought I could run through them and maybe we could stop and, and talk about anything that you guys want to want to maybe share some thoughts on these features at all. Uh, focus modes was one of the big things added in iOS 15. Yeah, stop there. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we got really far. <laughs> yeah. So focus modes, I, I think I think we we all had some pretty big hopes for this feature, and I really got into it for the first uh, three four months. Like I was really into it. Like I did the work to set it up for different scenarios, for different times of the day, different triggers. And that, that was the problem with it. And that was why eventually I stopped using it and why I also think it didn't really make a dent in how people are using their phones. It requires a ton of work up front. There's a ton of friction on the user uh, to get started with focus mode and to really customize it to your needs. Um, and if Apple, like if they continue working on this, Meaning, if it doesn't go the way of screen time, where it got popular for you know that year that everybody was talking about, like oh, our our habits when we're using our phones, you know, digital, you know, attention and all that kind of digital well-being. Mm -hmm. Like Apple rolled out the feature and then they kind of forgot about it. So if it doesn't go like that. And I don't think it will because do not disturb. It's something more universal, something that a ton of people use. If the company continues to work on this, I think they should really... If they continue to focus on it. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, if they continue to work on this feature, they should try and figure out ways to make it easier to get started. Yes. To make it easier to say, like, basically, don't punish me if I'm going to set up 
five different focus modes. Uh, but, but even like things like copy and paste settings between modes, like it's a ton of work to pick every single individual app and every single person and customizing the settings. And it's so much work that most people will be like, you know what, I'm just going to stick with do not disturb and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, my, my biggest issue with focus modes and something that I would want to see them change, because I just think it's a really weird decision, is that you every everything that you choose you must choose explicitly where i yeah. would just like to remove the things that i don't want because yeah. i remember when you were running your time where you were always in a focus mode yeah i think i remember one of the things that i said to you is like how do you deal with when you add a new app or a new contact like exactly. you have to remember to put them in to all of the modes i actually have a solution for that i think so say that you yeah say that you install a new application and it has notifications. When that panel comes up and says, you know, one, two, three app would like to send you notifications, I would love from there to say, okay, it's allowed in this, this, and this focus mode. Mm-hmm. Or it's not allowed in the others. Because right now that's you nice. have to step through the focus workflow every time. It's really, that's always struck me as odd because... Maybe just the way I think about it, but notifications and focus modes are like two sides of the same coin. Why can't I get to that from the other side? I don't know. It seems so simple to me. Maybe I'm missing something, but I think that would be a nice way to elevate it and make it a little bit easier to to get into. Because if you don't do it, then your system slowly break down over time, right? Because you've yep. installed new things, you have new contacts, whatever, and six months down the road, your focus modes don't really do what they were mm-hmm. supposed to do because you've added all this stuff and they are unaware I of it. don't really know how Apple, like, pre- that, like we're saying these things and they make sense, but practically speaking, how do you fix them? I don't know. Uh, but I think as... Uh, I don't put a lot of faith into Apple saying, oh, now it's easier to get started with focus modes because we are using intelligence to determine the apps and contacts you want. And like, that's not a solution because I don't fully trust your quote-unquote intelligent Siri-based system to determine the apps. But make it easier for me, like I mentioned copy and paste up between different modes for the settings that you use. That could be one idea. Another one could be what Mike said of like, rather than include things, start from an exclusion um, standpoint sort of like here's the default just pick out the things you want to leave out so that could be another way to build a focus mode Uh, maybe maybe I'm just saying this maybe make focus modes shareable so that people can build a a template for a focus mode and they can share it with you and so it's easier to get started maybe that will be just as successful and popular as Apple Watch sharing as as soon as I said it I thought of it I was like (laughs) 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 so there was a general notification overhaul Um, one of the things was notification summaries which I tried once and never tried again oh I've leaned into it no big time really you sir sir you have the floor i went through i only have a couple of apps that are allowed to send time sensitive ones and those are the ones that stick around for like an hour i think and before they end up back they they sort of stick to the lock screen basically they don't disappear into notification center after you've unlocked the phone i got a couple apps that do that it's todoist and maybe messages and maybe the only two and then i've got some that send me regular notifications like they always have but a bunch of stuff that like, yeah, I'd like to know what's going on in here, but it's not critical. 
I've shoved off into the summary. And I've got I've got three summaries a day. I've got uh, 8 a.m., so it catches overnight stuff, noon, and then 8 p.m., so it kind of splits the day. And uh, it's, I, it's worked out really well, uh, actually. So things like parcel or test flight or... Um, I'm, kind of, I'm trying to unlock my phone as I talk and find other examples. But it's just a handful of things uh, that I've moved out into that uh, into that scheduled summary. You think you know a guy, you know? Yeah, right. Um, so it was redesigned in iOS 15.2. They now have this like uh, fl- floating bubble type thing going on. In the it used to be like this very boring stack of notifications. And in 15.2, they gave it a bit of a new design. But the, I think it's, it shares many of the same problems of focus modes, meaning you got to do a ton of work up front, right? And it's not... My problem with the notification summary is that it, it's, an, uh, it's a binary thing. Like, you can set up multiple summaries, but you can only send notifications to one summary that gets delivered at multiple times throughout the day. Whereas what I would have liked to see was, okay, give me a news summary give me an entertainment summary give me a gaming summary give me a social summary like let me set up categories of apps so that i can triage my notifications like that so that i know that in the evening i get my social media summary and maybe in the morning i get my news based summary like that was my hope for this feature but now it's just yeah it's just set up multiple schedules like an alarm and otherwise you just mark things as going into the summary but that's all you can do you cannot categorize anything. And I realized that you know, asking for more categorization may be in direct opposition to saying require less work from the user. But in this case, I would be up to see something like Apple categorizing things for you. They do have, I'll share this, that there is a precedent for Apple using categories to automatically organize stuff for you on your device and that's the app library yeah so why not use that those same categories to automatically create summaries for you and then you can set up the schedules you want but you could say gaming notifications go into the gaming summary you know you maybe that that that's a direction that could be explored time sensitive notifications they're okay some apps have been abusing them I've seen yeah. some apps that that do you really need a time sensitive notification for a movie ticket? Like no, you don't. <laughs> I've I have very few, very very yeah. few time sensitive. Like they're just there aren't really many applications or all that I think need this. And also just like I don't, I'm not I'm not particularly fond of the way that iOS handles it. It's like mm. too aggressive. Which is why, like, I don't even have like calendar alarms as like calendar alerts as time sensitive because it's, like, it's too aggressive. You can't get rid of them, um, and I know that's kind of the point, but I I tend not to like it. Yeah, I think I think the key there is find the one or two you really need, and don't put any others in that category. Yeah. It also says time sensitive in capital letters at the top of the notification. Way which is, too bold. Way 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 too bold. Yeah. You know, really annoying. Not not a big fan of that. Quick note, which is oh yeah, barely an iOS feature. <laughs> barely an this iOS feature. Barely an iOS feature. I mean, you can see the quick notes, uh, <laughs> but this is all like I actually um, 
in, in the next app stories, I went down this rabbit hole uh, about QuickNote um, and, and how it works. But basically, my problem is that it's not cross-platform. It's really an iPadOS feature that was kind of tucked on, on on macOS and iOS. On iOS, it does nothing, right? Uh, you only see the QuickNotes in the QuickNote folder, but it doesn't... <laughs> it's weird. And that, which is weird, <laughs> but, but it doesn't do anything. It doesn't support the, the the you know swiping from the bottom to capture a, a quick note. It doesn't support the highlights. If you've saved uh, highlights from a Safari page, it does it doesn't do anything. So this is part of a bigger thing that I would like to see, which is proper multitasking on the iPhone. But I guess we'll talk mm. about that in the future. Uh, but yeah, barely an iPad an iOS feature. And also, it's not an API, so I don't know. Should QuickNote be something that developers can customize? Should be like I would love mm. to do anything in floating QuickNote mm-hmm. mode, personally. Like not even note taking, right? I'm just I don't know floating Twitter. You know, that's not a terrible idea. Like <laughs> I love the um, um, that's terrible. <laughs> I love the uh, the picture in picture on iPhone for video. So like it totally works. Like if that's allowed, right? Why not QuickNote? I don't get it. Uh, SharePlay, which we spent a bit of time talking about uh, over the last couple of weeks, like n- none of us use it, none of us Wait. really see a need for it, but we we heard from lots of passionate ones that that do use it. Uh, lots of legitimate use cases uh, for mm-hmm. most people. It's possibly a gimmick. Uh, but I haven't seen anyone in real life talk about this. But some people have some quite actually sweet and legitimate uh, uses uh, for this. So great for you. Um, looking at just the general impact on the people as, you know, this entity of the general public that we like to be experts of sometimes. I don't see it in real life. Uh, FaceTime got a bunch of updates, including a grid view for group calls. Uh, mm-hmm. FaceTime on the web and audio and visual effects like blurring the background and you could do stuff with uh, your voice to try and cut out some sound mm. stuff uh, here's the thing I don't use FaceTime really um, yeah that's that's the thing <laughs> right like <laughs> that's the problem <laughs> definitely not in groups if I ever use FaceTime I, I've, I've never done a serious group FaceTime it's always Zoom effects for anything in Apple software, like you get these effects in, in, in iMessage, in Clips, in FaceTime. Those are the definition of a gimmick. I, I, I've used it once, I think. GridView is fine. Uh, so I've, I've used it a couple of times in GridView. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, the w- uh, but I'm, I can say that I've really tried the web version, though. So I have no idea. I mean, why would we? Yeah. Right, like why I mean, they, would we? It kind of feels like they, it kind of feels like they caught up to Zoom at the end of the pandemic, and at that point, you know, so many companies have signed up for business plans like Zoom mm-hmm. accounts. Like for example, Sylvia's Dance School, they have a Zoom account, like a, a mm-hmm. business Zoom account, because they do remote lessons when someone is sick. Right, makes sense. And now Apple comes in and say, well, you can just use it with FaceTime, and the company's like, but why would I? I'm paying for Zoom. I'm yes, fully too, set too up late, with right? Zoom. I'm, and I'm not Zoom changing my system. And Zoom just became like the word, right, yep. for video yep. conferencing. Yep. So yes, too slow. Like. If all of this stuff would have existed before, like if you could join them on the web or join them via a link, FaceTime probably would have been way up there if not the dominant 
but Zoom was able to to swipe in, like swoop in because they were, you know, they swipe they in. were <laughs> swiping, <laughs> swiping right. And I don't know nice. why I don't know where they came. <laughs> they zoomed in. That's what I should have said. Mm. And, and and there you go. Shared with you, everyone's favorite feature, right? Nah. Uh, we'll love shared of you. I mostly just come across it as like a banner in Safari. Like John Voorhees shared this link with you. Like, okay. Yeah, it's usually John, right? John yes. is a sharer. I he think. is. Uh, is. I will say yeah. mostly for me, it's Stephen. I, I just had it earlier. Ooh. It said Stephen shared this with you. Yeah, I get a lot of, get a lot of Stephen shared this with you. But maybe what that means is just me and Stephen go to the same things on the web a lot, you know? Yeah. A lot of Pokemon forums. I, Yes, I know you do. You're always on Smogon and 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 Reddit VGC. I I know you, Steven. Um, I disabled this everywhere, right? Uh, I just went into settings and I turned it off everywhere. And uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like if someone sends me a link, you know, I I in iMessage, I'm checking out the iMessage conversation. I don't need to be reminded. It just feel, it just kind of feels like clutter, you know, in music. Like, if John sends me a link, I'm going to save that link somewhere. I don't need the constant reminder that, oh, John shared this with you. So, yeah, um, I don't think we will see any more work on this feature this year in 16. I'm really not entirely sure why it exists, like I'm not sure what problem it solves, honestly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like and I know people could say like it's a nice reminder, like you know, you go to Safari and but like I think I said this at the time. I don't like if somebody sends me something, I'm not like, oh, I really want to see that, but not now. Like to the <laughs> point where I I go to Safari later and I'm like, oh yeah, like this doesn't you know what I mean? Like I yeah. right. And again, I'm sure we have listeners where you are this way, but like this is a very particular and strange use case in five apps. It almost feels like a solution in search of a problem to solve, meaning yes. an engineer came up with an idea of like, hey, wouldn't it be neat if I figured out how to scan your iMessage conversations for different type of deep links? And they were like, yeah, that's cool. How can we make it a feature? And usually that's not a really useful feature because if you don't start from the problem, you start from the solution, nobody's really going to use that. And when we say nobody, obviously we don't mean nobody, but we got to think at scale, right? And th yeah. We're using the royal nobody. And the, <laughs> the, 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 like, this is, you can start from the problem in this scenario if you make it open to everyone to use. Mm -hmm. uh, this well, is not helpful. <laughs> this is like a problem with so many of Apple's services and things, right? If you're only going to allow this in photos, music, Safari, like it, this isn't, this isn't enough. People use more than just these five things. Mm. Like, if you send me a, a, a link to Apple Music, but I don't use Apple Music, this is not helpful to me. Right. Well, right. if only there was some other way to save URLs for your use later. Exactly. You know what's funny? That if you were looking for the problem, you wouldn't come up with this. You would actually care about reading lists and bookmarks <laughs> in Safari. <laughs> right? exactly. Because if you, if you were starting from the problem, you would take a look at those two features that have existed forever in Safari. And then instead, you did a big Safari redesign, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But those two features, you just took them from the previous Safari and you brought them into the new one and you just left them as they were. But instead, for saving links, he didn't like, hey, maybe, you know, actually time to 
up consider reading list and bookmarks again no what if we came up with a way to scan your iMessage conversations and I, and I'm like come on <laughs> seriously that's the best answer you have to saving links and try and access them all in one place you know mm. Mm-hmm. Try and do that. No, it's not possible. Maybe maybe it's a branding problem. You know, maybe shared with you isn't the right name. What if they could name it something like someone pinged me with this? Oh, here he goes. <laughs> yep. 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 Some, there's something there, I think. What was it called? The thing on Apple Music that was like Connect? discontinued. Connect. Oh my god. Yeah. Connect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry. Was Safari. it Apple Music Connect? Was it was it Apple iTunes Music. Connect. Uh, it was, no, no, iTunes I just Connect connected is the back end stuff. Yeah. Nobody was called Connect. Yeah, Apple Music Connect was like, oh, hey, I'm your favorite band, and I'm like posting right. pictures on Apple Music <laughs> on my trips. Like, no, no, they're just going to use social media like a normal person. Yeah. And I think it was just like you 2 and Trent Reznor for like Coldplay. months. And Coldplay, Coldplay not Trent Reznor. Yeah, Coldplay, yeah. Oh, well. Safari. So got a big redesign uh, on iPhone, the main thing being uh, moving the address bar to the bottom and finally fixing the way that tabs look. We've got tab groups and extensions. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think the new Safari, especially on the iPhone, is the best work that Apple has put out in years. Correct. Because I feel like it's the result of a, a, a it's a it's a great combination of having a, a specific vision for something, but also getting a part of it wrong at the beginning and actually listening to users, and iterating over it over the course of the summer. Like mm-hmm. so well done in terms of listening to the community and being very humble about it and be like, tell us what it's wrong with this, because we actually thought we had it, but it seems that we don't. So tell us what's wrong and let's see if we can figure it out. And yep. I think the result is excellent. Um, I've been using the new design since it was fixed in beta five or six or whatever last summer haven't looked back uh obviously on the ipad i'm not using the new design so maybe on the ipad side things are a little more shaky uh, but on the iphone i think really well done um if if anything it's it's a shame that this design is exclusive to safari yes yeah, more stuff should be bottom centric, right? Especially on as these phones get bigger, why do <laughs> yeah. I have to reach to the top and every other application for stuff? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm a child. I have a child. Stop. What stop. Stop. stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So why did you do that? I was trying to keep it together. And you just had to Oh. I'm so sorry, okay? I, I can't be blamed for this. I didn't say it. I almost it. said it. I almost said it. And you just ruined it. Oh. <laughs> I'm blushing, too. This is a real experience over here. Uh, what do you mean you don't use the new Safari design on iPad? Uh, well, I don't use the unified tab bar. I have the traditional um, design. You know, there's the compact tab bar mode on the iPad. Nobody uses it, really. Uh, oh, okay. But cool. it's right, there. Because I don't, I don't remember this. It's, so also I still there. it's there. It's also still there on the Mac. You can turn it on a Mac OS still. <laughs> yeah. Don't it's do like it. The, oh, God. Yes, that's when... The, yeah. Yes, I remember now. Yeah. When the URL bar was in each tab. Yeah. yeah. Super yes. weird. Yeah, that was bad. That was a bad idea. Honestly... 
if it gets discontinued this year in I on iPadOS and macOS, I wouldn't be shocked. The use I bet that the usage numbers for that UI mode are below 10% of the user base. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Oh, God, I just turned it on on my Mac. Yeah, this is... It's bad. And you can turn, rough. like, the the UI color tinting stuff back on too, mm -hmm. but they're separate checkboxes and separate places. <laughs> it's like they were punishing whoever's idea this was. Like, you can turn it back on, but they're never going to find the second option. How does it look on iPad, though? Not great. Safari? No, it's, it's bad. It's bad. There's a section in my review with screenshots. Um, I've only used it for those screenshots. <laughs> yeah, it's Turn not it off. good. <laughs> not good. Not good at all. I'm looking for that. Extensions is the great part, though. Yes, absolutely. Except for, like, if you get really into extensions, the UI to manage them is not great. Uh, I wish that... It was a bit more like on macOS where your preferences windows uh, window can open uh, within Safari. Instead, like it feels like there's too many tabs involved, especially on the iPhone where you get this huge list and the huge list gets cut cut off at some point. And so you got to click the puzzle icon, manage extensions, uh, and then you got to go in there. And it feels like a little too cumbersome if you keep too many extensions installed. But otherwise, they're great. Right, I think obviously on 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 iPhone and iPad they don't exactly have the same capabilities as extensions on the Mac. Uh, there's some things that are missing, I believe. Like I, I ran into this uh, uh, last week when I was testing the extension for Raindrop, the bookmarking service, and it behaves differently on the iPhone and iPad than it does on the Mac. And I bet it's because of some limitations that occur when you're trying to have an extension always running in the background in Safari. But otherwise, solid job. Uh, my only reservation, but I think I'm actually in the minority here, is tab groups. I don't personally use them, but I know quite a few people who do, including yeah, one do. of our very own here. So. Yeah, I use them to my own detriment, but I do use them. Why? Um, I like having things really neatly organized. Like, I have a tab group for mm. recording, and like I have a tab group for like relay, and, like, and so like they're they're set up just with the things that I'm going to need for each mode that I've worked that I'm in at that moment, hmm. and then they sync from device to device, like all of my devices. And I I really like it. I I do really like it. Live text, great feature. Great feature, perfect execution. I would say integrated system wide. It's in the camera. It's in photos. It's in quick look. It's now in shortcuts. Honestly, I I. Don't have anything else to add here. Maybe uh, down the road, obviously it's happening, right? Especially if Apple gets into AR more and more. I think the camera, like the actual real-time uh, integrations will go deeper than what you can do right now. Obviously, Apple has to do it if they're working on headsets and glasses, right? Uh, to be able to actually uh, s sort of overlay graphics on top of recognized text but also objects like uh like street signs for example like directions and that sort of thing but for now for mm. just extracting text super well done yeah for me i don't use it often but every time i do i'm so i love it like you know it's like i have to get a phone number from something or an email address or something and it's on a piece of paper or like or uh, one for me is like somebody um like I want to, this is the worst. I, I can't believe this is how I have to do this. Like somebody sends you something in a message and you just want to copy a part of it. Mm. And so you take a screenshot of the iMessage, 
then you can use live text to select one part of the iMessage. That is genius. You know what I usually do when that happens? I copy the whole message and I paste it into the compose box and then mm-hmm. I cut the part that is relevant to me. The problem is that occasionally with my my stupid fingers, I've done the wrong thing and I've <laughs> exactly. sent the message that somebody sent me back to them. Yeah, so why do you think awkward. I <laughs> figured this thing out? Because I did that all the time. Yeah, yeah just take a awkward. screenshot and use the live text and you can copy part of it out of there. So. Mm. It is silly that you have to do that. I kind of can't believe that we still don't have text selection inside of iMessage. Like, that's just mm-hmm. wild to me. That we're still in this world. But yeah, I, I again, don't use it often, but every time I do, I love it. Like, it's a great feature. Photo memories, they got changed. Everybody that listens to the show knows that the three of us hate that. Boo. Um, they added a bunch of privacy features. There was the app privacy report, which I've never looked at. Nope, (laughs) never have. Because I think this got added late too, right? Like I don't think it was in shipping 15. 15.2 or 3, I want to say. Yeah, so it's like I'm never going to even think about it. Email tracking prevention. Uh, Who who uses Apple Mail? (laughs) (laughs) I do. (laughs) Of course you do. You use Chrome and Apple Mail. What kind of like cursed mixture is that? You are womp. (laughs) I'd like a browser that works with web pages that I need to use. And uh, Apple Mail is all I need. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm not using the the privacy stuff. I don't like the email tracking prevention thing myself. Like, look, I've said this before. I'm not sure Apple needs to keep inserting itself into everything. Like, I'm making decisions for everyone mm. on their behalf. Like, we need them to protect us. Like, well, that's their business. If model. I care enough about this stuff, I can use email services that do this for me. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't need Apple to do it for me as like a, and then just like inadvertently disrupt lots of people's businesses, you know, like knowing that somebody opened your email is important. And from a privacy thing, it's not the worst thing. And I know that there's more than that, but like the fact that it also cuts out people that are trying to build businesses with that have email newsletters attached to them. It's like, seems a bit heavy handed to me. That's my own view on these things. Uh, and also they do... Oh, I was going to... iCloud Plus, where they do the private relay thing, which I've never used because I don't need that or want that, and hide my email, which also I don't want. And so like this is the thing. Hide my email, somewhat I feel similar to email tracking prevention, and it made Stephen's life worse for a while. <laughs> it did. Mm, yeah, it, it broke with the Kickstarter stuff last year. Oh, Bad I news. remember that. Including somebody who worked on the feature at Apple turns out yeah i can't say that i've used any of these features Uh, i remember trying private relay and it cut my internet speed in like by like two-thirds and everything was super slow and i think it got better but also uh i don't think i'm the type of person who would need all these extra layers of protection I think there are legitimate use cases, especially in, in, in certain countries, for wanting your internet to be protected at all times and having the tracking prevention in mail and having the app privacy report. I think that needs to exist, especially in some places of the world. But personally here, I feel pretty lucky in Italy that I don't really need any of these things. And if I would, I would probably just use a VPN for those times when 
oh, I got to, you know, I want to watch a TV show from the United States, but it's preventing me to do so. I'm just going to use a VPN. I think Apple will continue to ship these kinds of features. Uh, but obviously, th these are kind of the niche additions to iOS, right? Uh, people are not installing the next the next version of iOS because of the privacy improvements. I mean, those are welcome, but you're not rushing to update your phone because no. of app privacy report, right? Uh, you want the new <laughs> widgets or the new emoji or stuff. Yeah. A question for you. I don't know the answer to this. Email tracking prevention. Do you get asked if you want to enable that feature? Uh, there's a splash screen, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's fine then. It's, that Now I am I feel better about it. That's just so someone can choose, right? Because I was going to say, like, if they don't ask for that, but they do ask for app tracking transparency. Um, so you know, if you ask... The, but the difference is, though... Okay, so the difference is... I'm talking myself through this now. With app tracking transparency, I get to choose per app. With email tracking prevention, it's all email, right? Like, if I say, mm. like, then no one will ever know I've opened their emails, even if pe people, like, I trust. Like, I don't, I mostly turn off, uh, I ask, ask not to track, but not always. I leave that on sometimes, hmm. because I do feel like in some places, we're going to see ads, I would like those ads to be the most relevant that they can be. That's my own preference. If I'm going to see the ads, I at least want the ads to be me. Like on Instagram. Like Yes, I'm talking mm, specifically yeah. about Instagram. <laughs> uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't ask Instagram not to track. Like, I'm, they're going to track me anyway. So I might, as well get the, I might as well get the benefit out of it. That's, how I, that's my own personal view on this stuff. At least you're going to get the good track, you know? <laughs> get the, get the, if you need to be... I get the good tracking. If I'm going to get track, I don't want bad track. I want good yeah. track. And like yeah. most of the time for me, like I say no when it's kind of like to an app. I was like, I don't even know why you're tracking me. <laughs> so if you're asking me, I'm saying no. <laughs> I don't like, you know, like there's an app that I use to check uh, train times. And it was like, do you like, why are you tracking me? <laughs> you know, I, no, thank I, you. Uh, I'm pretty sure I once, in, I once installed like a Plex uh, third party client and it asked me, to track me, I was like, wait, I just wanted to watch a, <laughs> like a, like a, a recorded episode of the Gossip Girl reboot that John <laughs> recorded for me on his Plex server, and you're tracking me? Why? John records shows for you? Oh, man, all the time. Of course he does. All One the time. true John, man. Big, big Plex buddy. John has a Mac Mini server set up mm -hmm. in a closet, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that is constantly sort of streaming American television to me. So, like, any event I can watch. Like, and we actually do, like, watch parties occasionally for, like, the Oscars and, like, you know, we didn't do the Met Gala, but, you know, the Oscars, the, the Super Bowl for the halftime show, like, I actually watch and invite friends over. It's fun. And it's all thanks to John, um, John's Plex server. When you initially said we do watch parties, I thought you meant you and John, but no, John's not no. invited. <laughs> no, no, John doesn't care about any of this stuff. He doesn't care. He's just out there playing, playing, you know, Nintendo Switch games and whatnot. Yeah. Stephen, would you install a Mac Mini for me in a closet? I think John has it covered. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of what I was expecting. I just opened Safari since we're talking about it, kind of check out the UI stuff, and I got a banner at the top. Mm -hmm. New Safari extensions available. Do you want to turn on, quote, parentheses, null, end quote, <laughs> and minus one other extension? <laughs> Whatever. Say yes. Just live dangerously, man. Come on. Null and minus one. 
<laughs> minus the minus one is the best part. Like, because null is like that's stupid, but happens, right? But how do you get to minus one <laughs> other extension? If I hit turn on extension, uh, it's actually going to turn one off. <laughs> yeah, I think it means that if you turn null on, you go negative extensions. So that's iOS 15. I can't wait to see what you do with it. If you want to find links to stuff we spoke about this week, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 396. While you're there, you can get in touch with feedback or follow-up. There's an email link there in the sidebar. You can also join and get Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. If you want to find us online, you know, we're around. Federico is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Do your own work. Find yeah, us. you can find you us. Know? If you want to find us at Bad, find us. Go- you know what? Google me. You know, just Google, Google me. me. You'll mm-hmm. find me. Uh, Google yeah. me. You, you can find uh, Federico at MacStories.net. And uh, he uh, doing Pokemon stuff, you know, on the internet. Somewhere. Yes, on MacStories.net. Yes. Yes, MacStories.net slash Pokemon, I think is the page. Yes. You can find uh, Mike. He's around too. He's on relays, a bunch of other relay shows. You can probably find him on our mm. website. Fair. Uh, you can find my t-shirt link in the show notes. Okay, it's a good t-shirt. I bought it. I encourage you to buy it. You know, it's a good t-shirt. I also bought one. You can walk around and you can pretend that you worked on the Lisa. I mean, Mm -hmm. who wouldn't want that? You know what I'm saying? Yep. It was out before all of us were born, but that's fine. Uh, What else do you do at the end of the show? Oh, you thank our sponsors. I'd like to thank our sponsors, FitBod, Electric, and Text Expander. Until next week, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.